Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of Best Hour of Their Day. How amazing was that Chuck Carswell interview? If you missed it, go back. Episode 19 featuring Chuck Carswell. But we have another incredible guest in Carlene Matthews. Carlene is a three-times CrossFit Games athlete, and she actually accidentally qualified for the master's division at this year's CrossFit Games. We talk a little bit about that. We also talk about the fact that she's eight years sober and the incredible things she is doing in the community. She talks about two athletes where she's changed their lives. You know, we talk about the impact of CrossFit and Carlene Matthews is one of those amazing people that is truly impacting the world. It really brought me chills to hear her talk about it, and I think it's going to do the same for you. And a really cool topic that we dive into right away is coaching as a female. I think that's something that can't be overlooked. It's intimidating as a female. Granted, I'm not one, but it's intimidating from what I hear, from what I understand, to coach men, especially Carlene's tiny. She's five foot two. Granted, she's stronger than any of you listening to this, including the men, but she talks about that. She talks about what it's like having to coach as a female, but also coming into a box as a games athlete. And if you do have a different respect level than your average coach. This is a great interview. Super excited as always. Carlene Matthews on Best Hour of Their Day. All right, I'm here with Carlene Matthews. Let me give you a brief introduction, Carlene, and you can fix me up where I've messed up, but you own CrossFit St. Helens. That's in or nearby Portland, Oregon? Yes, so St. Helens, Oregon. It's about 40 minutes out of Portland. Did I say Oregon, right? Is it Oregon or Oregon? Oregon. (laughs) They say like local say Oregon, and you can tell if someone is not local by Oregon, right? Yeah, totally. Let me ask you a question though. Did you grow up playing Oregon Trail like we did? Or is that like, if you live there, they just call it trail? Uh, so I didn't grow up in Oregon. All so right. I, I, I mean, I grew up in Washington, but yeah, we, we, I think played. So it's, it was a little early for me, but um, yeah. I'm not that much older than you because we'll talk about <laughs> it, but I'm, I mean, I'm 40 and, um, you know, so I'm a few years older, but that was a big game in like third grade. That was all the, you know, we were all battle over who got the computer. Yeah, I, mean, I remember it a little bit, but. Well, let me finish my introduction of you. Three-time okay. CrossFit Games athlete, seven-time regional athlete, eight years sober, which we'll talk about, and recently qualified for the Masters. Yes. So let's let's immediately jump into that. And actually... I, we saw you, my wife and I were visiting Portland just to kind of chill out. And we saw you at Chris's box, CrossFit X Factor. Yes. So you do some coaching development there. Yeah. Um, I started, uh, you know, well, I, I noticed that Chris was running this, this coach's class and, uh, and I looked at him and I was like, what is, what is this? Like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, this is just like a trainer development class. And I was like, okay, how do I get in there? Um, and so he's like, yeah, just, you know, show up on these days. And so I was like, okay, done. And it was like the coolest, it's been the coolest thing. And, um, 
it's such a great experience for me to be, uh, to continue to learn from Chris and Nick. Um, and, uh, it's just been really awesome, you know, like to, uh, continue to grow as a coach, especially like after, you know, being an athlete so long, I didn't really put a lot of my focus into coaching. And so now being able to put like more focus into coaching has been super fun. So it's, it's cool. Well, you and I chatted briefly offline, you know, and as we were arranging this and I, I told you, I like to ask questions that we can't find about you. You know, there, you've been on yeah. some great podcasts and people can hear about you. And we'll ask a little bit about that. But to me, what's awesome is, first of all, just being there. We were there that Tuesday morning, like getting ready for the class. And Chris has these local box owners like you all yeah. together developing. So that's, I mean, I don't think you see that a lot in this, I was going to say country, but world. So you, you said you just heard about it or were you at his box? Like, how do you find out that, and for those that don't know, Chris McDonald owns CrossFit X Factor. He's been on the CrossFit seminar staff for probably about a decade now. He's a flow master, awesome guy, knows his stuff. So when you, how did you even find out he was doing this? Um, well, Chris has been my coach for the past, I don't know, five years. Um, so, uh, so I, I spend a lot of time there and, um, I would go there like, you know, once or twice a week, um, to work with him. And so, um, so yeah, I was just kind of there and I noticed that he was doing it and, uh, and I was interested in it and I liked the look of it, like just like learning more things about coaching and getting better at coaching. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's crazy to, to think that like, not that it's not huge. It's not bigger than it is because, um, any coach that wants to be good at coaching should be doing it. Um, but there's not a lot of people doing it. So do you think that's an ego thing? You know, it's hard for, as a coach to be like, I need to go learn from another coach. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, and it's, I think it's hard for coaches to accept that we all struggle Um, and that's been like a big thing for me within, uh, that coaches development classes that, um, struggling through, uh, stuff and like accepting that I I don't know it all. And, um, and yeah, I just, I mean, I've brought some of my, um, coaches that I'm training for CrossFit St. Helens to the class and like allowing them to see me struggle through things um, has been really big and just like, it's so humbling. And, uh, I think it just makes you a better coach and better person. So, so as a coach, what do you see in someone like Chris? Now it's a little easier for you because he's programmed for you. He's your coach. And clearly that's been successful. I mean, you went Mm -hmm. to the games under him, so it's easy to see, but say someone's kind of seeking out what you have in Chris what do you look for to know that guy's better than me as a coach? It's easy as an athlete, right? Like you beat me yeah. in the workout. Cool. You're better. But what do you see in a coach to know that that's someone I should learn from? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. Like, I think that like, you know, Chris continues to be very like open, very open-minded. He's not like closed off to just like his way. Um, so one thing that like, that I really appreciate about Chris is that 
he's open to like learning other, uh, disciplines. Um, so like we like, you know, got into like conjugate and he's very like open to, um, learning that, that way of training. And, um, and so just like, just how open he is to his way is not the only way. Um, he's very like, he works like together. He would work, we would work very much together. So, um, I would bounce things off him and he would bounce things off me. And, um, and he was, you know, like I said, like very open to hearing, you know, my perspective, um, on things and also like very open to giving me like to saying like, Nope, that's no, that's not how I would do it. And, um, you know, I don't know. That's, I mean, it's a really good question, but, uh, I just, like you said, I've been around Chris for a long time. And, uh, and so I know that he's pride. He was like my best kept secret of, as an athlete, you know, like people would be like, Oh, who's your coach? And I'd be like, Chris McDonald. They're like, I don't know him. And I'm like, good. <laughs> um, are, are you his only athlete or at least? Yeah. That level? Well, yeah. Yeah. So, Okay, let's talk about it. You qualified for Masters, but before we got on, you said you may or may not go. Yeah. Now, anybody listening that tries to qualify would are, is going to be angry with you because I have friends, you know, I'm good friends with Nunu, who's in the mm-hmm. 40s. Um, my other friend from back home qualified for the 40s this year as well. Um, so they're going to be like, this woman makes it and might, why would you turn down your invitation? Um, because, uh, it games hasn't been on my radar this year. Um, so you accidentally qualified for the CrossFit games. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, rough, rough life, huh? I know it's, it's been like real, it's been really hard for me because it is, you know, it is that like, I get it that there's people that, uh, that's all they do is train, and that is their one big goal to go to the games. And for me, I'm sitting here like, Oh, whatever, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to go. Um, but the games really wasn't on my radar. Um, the goal this year has been to start a family and, um, and in that process, I've like decreased my training volume, decreased, um, the amount of training I've just set different priorities. My priorities haven't been training for the games. Um, and it's really weird, but with that has come like better fitness. Um, and, and so I've really like surprised myself, um, that like I did as well as I did. Um, I didn't expect it. I also didn't have any expectations for myself. And so I started to have fun with it. Um, so less stress, probably a little less volume. Yeah. Actually helped you perform better. People listening need to understand that. I mean, if you're, and now granted, I don't want to knock the masters, but it's probably a level below I'm not saying this right. Masters are going to hate on me, but it's not quite the same as qualifying as an individual male or female. So a little less was probably beneficial for you. You, your body recovered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like I, you know, I didn't, 
I didn't qualify for as an individual. I qualified as a master. Um, I didn't, it wasn't my best performance as an individual, but it wasn't horrible. Um, you know, so yeah, I don't think that I'm in, I, I don't think that I'm, yeah, it's not a, it's not a, a knock on the masters, but it is a little bit different. Um, and yeah, I think that that, I think that the volume that I've, uh, done in the past has helped me, um, to be where I'm at today. Like, I, I don't think that you can just like jump in and, you know, be your first year and just all of a sudden not train very much and, um, make it as a master. Uh, I think that the work that I've put in previously really, um, set me up, but you know, that's, uh, that's kind of the way it goes, I guess. So when do you have to decide? I'm not sure. Uh, I sent in one video or they asked for two videos. And so one video was, uh, approved. And then my second video is still being watched or whatever. Uh, so obviously we'll get videos back and then they'll give us a timeline of when I need to decide. And, um, you know, that's just kind of, for me, it's been, it's going to be a, you know, conversation with my husband of what's going to be best for us. Um, and, uh, you know, my plans won't really change Their goal to start a family is still there. Um, but if I can do it and, um, you know, go to the games and that would be a really cool experience. But would we be having this conversation if you qualified as an individual? Um, I don't think I would go as an individual. Oh, wow. All right. So I think it, uh, the master's division for me is like a new kind of a new experience. And so that's like why I want to go. I've done the games as an individual and honestly, like, it is just, it's really hard. And, um, I just, I'm not really like my body's not super beat up, but my body is just not like, it doesn't recover the same way. It's just not like conditioned to be, uh, training or competing with 21 year olds. Um, it's it's definitely different. And, um, and so I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I, I want to continue to train the way that I am right now, which is not, um, with like the games being a hundred percent. Um, so in order for, if I was to go individual, like the training would have to be like a hundred percent all games all the time. And I don't want it to be that way. So do you, do you feel games athletes can be making a living? are they making a living full-time CrossFit athletes? I think some are the only the top tier. Yeah. I've had other athletes on and I don't know that they're giving me an honest answer. So my question to you is there's 40 people that show up male and female, you know, in the past and you've done it three times. Yeah. Carlene Matthews shows up. Do you go there and I'm like, I can, this is my year. I actually can win and be on the podium first place. Do, is that like my goal this year? 
No, I mean, not this year, but when you showed up, I mean, mostly I talk to men and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, dude, you weren't going to win. Like, yeah, let's that's, be honest. That's, so. that's so interesting. And like, it's a, a really good point. I think that, um, for me personally, no, I was never, I had never had thought that I would, um, be on the, on the podium. And so there was times when I questioned, why am I doing this? Uh, why am I doing this if I don't think that I'm going to be the best? Um, but for me, it was always about improving. So like um, my first year, I was like 36. My second year, I got 24th and I got better. Um, and so the third year was like, okay, if I can still like keep getting better, like the sky's the limit, right? So the goal was just to improve a little bit more. My third year, I went in like, and was the fittest that I've ever been and ended, ended up injuring myself. So for me, that was kind of like, that was kind of it. Like, um, and then I didn't make it, I guess I didn't make it after that. So, you know, and you came out of your regionals two years in first place. Yeah. So yeah. this is like, not like you were the fifth place qualifier in the NorCal region or whatever right? You were going there as one of the, you would think top seeds to win. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I knew that, uh, you know, the, the top athletes, like their fitness is like a whole nother level. I mean, but people, Sam, like Sam Briggs, I mean, it's just, it's just a whole nother level. So she, I mean, she's won two sanctionals this year. She's older than you. Oh it's yeah. Pretty, it's she's, pretty, she's, qualified every way that she could she could possibly qualify for the CrossFit Games this year so who would she be your pick this year yes yes all right there we go hearing it from Carlene Sam Briggs yeah (laughs) so I want to ask you another coaching question Uh and I kind of asked you this offline earlier you're a small girl you know you're Uh a fit woman but you're tiny still I mean you're five two and granted you know you're you're stronger than me but you're small other women listening as coaches, is that harder to gain the respect as a coach than Chris McDonald, you know, who's 5'10", 200 pounds, you know, and any guy, for example, that looks bigger than a, than a woman. What is that a more, is that a challenge? Um, I think it's an interesting question. Um, because, you know, I, I look at it and I like, I look at my gym and, you know, I, we have a lot of females at our gym. And so I'm like, Oh, well clearly, you know, females are attracted to, um, another female coach. And then, so it's interesting to me that we don't have, or that we do have more females than males. Um, I also think it's hard for me to gauge that because I have that instant, um, you know, everyone thinks that I'm a good coach because I'm a good athlete, which is not true. Um, but, but I did have that, uh, benefit when I walked into the, this gym, um, to start coaching, everyone instantly liked me and instantly gravitated towards me because I was a regional athlete and I could compete. Um, and so now when we have, you know, other coaches coming in, you know, it's the the question is always like, why did you like me so much? 
and you won't accept this person. And it's, well, because you were a regional athlete, like, but that doesn't make me a good coach. Um, just because I am a good athlete doesn't make me a good coach. Um, so it's, you know, it's hard for me to really say if, if I have a harder time, like me being smaller, um, I don't really have a harder time because I have a pretty loud voice for, um, for my small stature. And you're stronger than most of the guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's easier to, for a guy to look at you and be like, well, I should listen to her because she can lift more than me. But I agree with you. Too many people rely on the fact that, hey, that's a good athlete, so they're good. And I think I agree with you. I'm, I was and continue to be a bad athlete, you know, and I can do everything I need to, but it was a struggle. So I understand that struggle. And I think that helps. Do you think it's ever challenged you to be more empathetic to deal with, like, oh, yeah. to be like, suck it up. Like this is one workout. You can do this. <laughs> is it, yeah. is it hard for you to, because you're so fit? Uh, I think the biggest part is, uh, when I'm like, look at workouts, um, I have a hard time gauging. I'm like, yeah, well, I could just do this and like, whatever. So you guys should be just be able to do this. And then I have to realize and like, look back at like, and uh, everyone is not the 1%. And, um, and my time is going to be about half of what majority of our members in the gym is going to be. And that's okay. Have you accidentally demotivated people like at the whiteboard? Like, you know, here's 15 muscle ups. These should be unbroken. And you're like, <laughs> no, like, it should be, you know, five sets of three, maybe. Like, do you accidentally oh. say something and then you're like, no, you guys aren't as fit as me. <laughs> I do it a lot. Um, I'll be like, well, I did it in this and people just roll their eyes. And, so they um, know you at this point. Yes. Yeah. I mean, my gym, exactly. They know me. So they'll be like, I'll be like, well, I did it in this. So, and people just be like, okay, so now we have a good gauge of like where we're going to be at. Um, but it's kind of cool too, to like, I do a majority of our workouts that I program. And so, um, it's cool for me to be like, Hey, you know, this was hard for me. Uh, so like really consider scaling. Cause I, you know, did this workout as prescribed or I considered scaling this workout also, you know, so it's cool. I coached a class with Patrick Vellner, who we all know is pretty fit. And he was a yeah. terrible coach. Like, and he would admit it, like he did not want to coach and he wasn't very good at it and mm -hmm. being a good athlete does I think you can be both but yeah. one does not imply the other now absolutely you hit a do you hit a lot of the same programming as the box yes yeah like how and then is it then you go above and beyond doing more accessory work or is that all you're doing right now um, right now I'm doing like, um, some s more like strength stuff. So I'll do, I'll hit the, um, the workout, the class workout usually. Um, and then I also do like more bodybuilding type stuff. So like right now I'm kind of doing, um, doing like bent over rows and, uh, strict pull-ups, weighted strict pull-ups and, uh, you know, and, starting to dabble in adding some CrossFit back in um, just in terms of like movements. So like maybe like EMOMs and like, instead of a standing strict press, um, single arm strict press, I might do handstand pushups. Um, What's so, the big push towards bodybuilding these days? 
Um, I think it's allowing, uh, for me, it's allowing me to keep my intensity low and also like aesthetically, I, you know, like it's a clear, like you can clearly be aesthetically pleasing. (laughs) So you're a games athlete, you're 35, you've qualified. Does it, even at that point, is there always a body image thing going on? Um, yeah. I, I mean, mean, I'm I, curious. I mean, you're, yeah. I know I, I'm 40. I look in the mirror every day, right? And I'm sure everybody can. But it's interesting to hear because we look at you guys as like, you look amazing. And I think it's easy for, that frustrates me when people say that to me. Because like, yo, you look great. I'm like, I don't care what you think. I care what I think. Yeah. So, and. And I think that that's, um, you know, a big thing. And I think that, you know, CrossFit has kind of like put that on us too. It's like, oh, well, if you're a games athlete, then you got to look like this. And, um, and this is what, you know, this is what a games athlete looks like. And, and that, and that might be true for some, but I, I don't think it's, um, it becomes a struggle because you get, uh, kind of, put into that place of, you know, you, you should look a certain way if you're a games athlete and, um, and looking that certain way doesn't necessarily mean health. And that is a big thing that I've like, that that's been a big thing for me this year is that, um, I looked the part of a games athlete, um, but it didn't mean that my body was healthy and, uh, and so now I'm trying to really get back to that healthy place. And I think that decreased volume and um, intensity has, is supposed to be helping me get, get back to that. Have you ever had someone approach you and be like, that girl's big, that girl's bulky? Um, no, but a lot of people will come in and be like, yeah, I don't want to look like you. They've um, said that? Like other... And, and I mean, yeah. you, I think that's a huge misconception in the CrossFit games world. Like I've been there judging on the floor with men and women. They don't look weird. Like yeah. you, the girls, I always tell people are way smaller than they look on TV. Right. And I think that, um, in the CrossFit world, like women, uh, this, that's how that's normal. It's not looked at yeah. uh, as different, but if you go outside of the CrossFit world, um, then people that aren't, you know, like people that don't understand are like, oh my gosh, you're huge or you're so jacked or like, you know, they want to, uh, they want to touch your muscles and, um, you know, it just, it, it's interesting because they just, they don't see it every day. We see it every day. So it's like, yeah, it's just, that's just normal. So what's your response when someone says, I don't want to look like you? The, uh, my signature response is don't worry. You won't. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's exactly what I like. Don't worry. You're not willing to work this hard. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you got to do a lot more than just an hour a day to look like this. <laughs> but you know, that is a hard sell. Like a lot of women t- this day and age, like, I don't want to get bulky. I can't lift weights. Is it harder yeah. for you to get new members because you are the face they see you and they're like, well, I don't want to get bulky. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that it brings that like intimidation factor. Um, 
a little bit, you know, the first thing they, I mean, I'm here all day. So it's like, you know, when somebody comes in, they come in and they see me and they might see me working out. Um, and so it's, it's intimidating. Um, but I try and be as like welcoming and, um, you know, I don't know as I can be. Yeah. And so your face can, can still sell the, the idea of joining here, even if you have muscles below your, your head. So yeah. Yeah. So, Cause I mean, I think that's always going to be something CrossFit has to overcome people realizing, Hey, not only will you not get bulky, but yeah, if I walk in on Carlene working out, doing muscle ups and snatching 135, I might as well, I'm going to turn around and be like, I can't do this. Yeah. But yeah, I, they have I, to literally, learn. I literally had a woman walk in yesterday and, and I said, you know, I was explaining like, she's like, is this like hit? I'm like, well, yeah, you know, it's, um, and I was explaining and I said, we're going to, we'll do gymnastics. And she said, Oh, I can't do gymnastics, gymnastics. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm like, well, CrossFit's going to, you know, basically anything body weight, we're going to, you know, say is gymnastics. And, uh, and so she was like, Oh, okay. But I I don't think I can like cartwheel and stuff. And I was like, it's okay. You know, I'm like, we'll progress you. Like, don't worry soon enough. I'll get you on the, on the rings and we'll be doing an iron cross. And, (laughs) um, but yeah, you know, that was, that was exactly like, she's like, yeah, I can't do gymnastics. I'm like, yes, you can. You just don't realize it. Yeah. I mean, that's where we talk about scaling. Like you can do anything. I can work out beside you doing the same workout, just at two different ability levels. Yeah. And, and imagine you're the men at your box. So have really had to check their ego, which is cool. Yeah. Right. Cause it's like, you may be the best male, but you're still not the best person at this box. Carlene yeah. still got your be, and that's, that's cool. Um, I do want to touch on this curiosity. We, we talked about it. You've been on another podcast talking about your sobriety. You said you were eight years sober. Yes. I, I've seen when I own, I own three affiliates and I had a huge membership base that were, I mean, what's the right term, you know, in sobriety or recovering, yeah. Recovering addicts. Things. Recovering. I mean, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to be, I don't know. It's like, you know, I don't know. It's like any topic these days. You don't know what you are, aren't supposed to say, but yeah, they, you know, is CrossFit just a great place for, for recovering addicts? Yeah. Um, and and I if always, so, why? I always tell people that like, you know, addicts are great CrossFitters because we know how to suffer. Um, we've like, you know, been through the trenches and, uh, not that everyone else hasn't, but, you know, you can just see, you can just see an addict. Um, they just, they can just suffer. And, um, you know, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of correlations between like 12 steps and, um, CrossFit too. So like a lot of the same things that like, you know, we say like for CrossFit, like, you know, you hear it, like we joke all the time. We're like, yeah, man, like keep coming back, you know, like a 12 step, keep coming back. It works if you work it. And it's like, it's, I mean, it's so true in CrossFit too, right? Like, Hey, just keep coming back. Like it'll get easier. Um, and, uh, and so there's a lot of like, you know, correlations and in, in that and the whole community vibe. Um, it's just another place to find a community. Um, 
of people that are doing like good things. And so um, I, I just think CrossFit is a great place for people who are in recovery, um, even like people who are new in recovery to find um, other other people who aren't out at the bars partying. I mean, not to say that like there's not partying in CrossFit. There's definitely is, but like you, you have a good chance of finding like somebody that's not going to go out to the bars after they just did Fran, you know, like, so you have like that, you know, you have a good chance to find somebody that you can hang out with. Um, so I think that's great. With that being said, I have done Fran drunk, so that, <laughs> I didn't know I've done that. Um, it, do you think it can go too far? Can someone become addicted to CrossFit? One hundred percent. Were yep. you addicted to CrossFit? Uh, yep. Really? Uh, so, I am. I am addicted to CrossFit. <laughs> so, could you have a is is a good? Can there be good addictions? Yeah, I so think is that. that I think that for me, you know, when I got clean and sober, like, uh, I found CrossFit like four months in and, um, it was very much like my outlet. It was my, um, it was my new place. It was where I like, you know, not to be like cliche, but it's like where I found myself. Um, so I found a new, like, I found the real me, like a different, like identity that, um, that I could be proud of. And, um, and so, you know, then I started competing for me, competing was really like, it then brought out like a new identity. And, and so, you know, when I stopped, when I decided that I was going to stop competing, um, it was kind of like I was like detoxing from CrossFit. Um, same thing. Like when I was like, okay, I'm not going to train as much. I was like, well, what do I do with my time? Who am I outside of CrossFit? Um, and that's kind of the same stuff that I had to go through when I got sober. Like who am I outside of drinking? Who am I um, outside of this party girl that everyone loves? And um, so I had to find, you know, like new passions and um, new new outlets for me. And I'm still, I'm still doing that. Um, I'm so still, what is something else you found when you were doing that? Do you have any other passions outside of CrossFit? Uh, so I think that they include CrossFit and I, and for me, that's okay. Uh, you know, I own a box, so CrossFit is my life. Um, but, uh, coaching and being a part of, um, coaching the recovery program and um, just coaching athletes has been something that I've kind of started to like really dig into and um, be more passionate about as um, just becoming a better coach or a better um, advocate for CrossFit um, and like recovery and uh, supporting being a better support for people who are in recovery um, and so for me, like that has been like a new passion and I've always had it, but I've just never really been able to devote the time that I have now into it. So you mentioned, you know, CrossFit helped you, uh, you know, recover and now you're addicted to CrossFit. You're going to leave that to start. A, are you worried you're going to be addicted to being pregnant? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're finding the next thing. Um, you have your 
What what do you call your special class? I remember you telling me offline you have a uh, class as long as you're so, sober. Yeah, originally it was called Power Clean um, because we had a grant. That's cool. And, That's a cool name. <laughs> yeah, and and the clean part actually like stood. It was like an acronym for like the the grant that we got, um, but the we don't have the grant anymore. So I'm kind of j- like. We kind of still call it power clean, but we kind of just call it recovery class. Um, I mean, it's whatever you want to call it. It's but, in, it. but you have one day a week where so long as you're sober for a minimum of 48 hours, you can come in and train for free. Yeah, we actually run it four days a week now. Oh, wow. So we run it. Four days yeah, a week. it started out as one day a week. And, um, and now we, uh, we do, I do it four days a week. Um, Anyone that's 48 hours clean and sober can come and get free CrossFit. For, I mean, at some point they join, but they can come in as long as they want, so long as they're sober. Yeah, so, so right now um, we are working with our like, local like, court system, like the drug court, and they're going to start helping us um, with – getting scholarships for some of the athletes who have been in our program, our recovery program for a while to allow them to now have like a regular gym membership. Um, Cause you know, like once you get, you know, some time in recovery, you need to start doing like adulting and doing like adult things and get a job. And so uh, our class that we do for our recovery class is at three thirty. And so it's not um, super right. easy for people who have a job and work to, um, to continue doing it. And so their next step is to get a membership. But a lot of them, like a membership's not really, you know, they're living paycheck to paycheck and a membership's not, not in the cards. Um, so now we're going get, to start getting help to um, allow these people to earn themselves um, scholarships to have a full-time membership to be a part of our big CrossFit community. So. Well, it could just be me being naive to this whole world, but I'd imagine there's some people when I hear addiction, I know I can think of like the, the down and out, like you're right. Struggling, but there must be some that, you know, what do they call, what's that term for like an alcoholic that has, that can sustain a typical life, a functioning, alcoholic. Yeah, functioning alcoholic. You must have, but they're, they're probably not ones that want to come to your class because it's admitting they have a problem. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to hear both sides of this. What's been the best thing you've seen come out of that? Like, do you have one example of a guy or a girl that changed their life? Yeah. Um, so I have like, I have two probably. Um, we have one girl that's been with us for almost two years now. And, um, she is, she's still with us. Um, she comes probably, I allow her to come into my regular classes. Um, so she comes five days a week. Um, CrossFit has absolutely a hundred percent changed her life. So she started out not knowing anything about CrossFit, um, being nervous to come in. And, um, she came in and she has not left since, um, her like, physical transformation has been amazing. She's now doing like kipping pull-ups. She did like probably I think three or four of the open workouts RX. Um, and 
uh, and so, yeah, I mean, she has, uh, her, she has her kid back. She's out of the system. She has a job. Um, she's doing life, you know? And, um, so it's been really, really cool to watch her story. Um, we also have had another, uh, member who, um, came to see us or came to us. He was, so we work closely with the treatment center. Um, we, he came in with the treatment center. He was with us for a while. He was excelling at CrossFit. Um, he was an older gentleman. And when he left the treatment center, he went back home to another, um, another city. And so that city actually, um, also offers a free CrossFit program. So he got connected with that program. Um, but he went back home to being homeless and he was living on the streets. And as much as CrossFit would be great and fine, um, and was helping him, you know, it's when it's Oregon, you know, it's raining, it's cold. And when you're living on the streets, I'll be honest, I wouldn't want to do anything other than drink also. So, um, so he relapsed. He went back to drinking. Um, he came back to the treatment center. So he came back to us and then finished the treatment center again, went back home again to the same place, but now has seven months clean and sober. And he looks like a brand new person. I saw him last weekend and he like, he looks so different and so amazing. I'm just like, like I was literally like on cloud nine because like I got to see him and just seeing how great he looked, like he just looked, looked good. And, um, and you know, he's very, he's active in the CrossFit program and he has people, um, he's gotten other people into the CrossFit program and, um, it's just, it's really, it was really cool to see like the changes that he made. So those are my two big stories right now. That's awesome. Do you stop and realize like the impact you're having? I think as coaches, oftentimes we forget to stop and appreciate. I mean, eight years ago, you decided to change your life. And now these are just two of the people whose lives you've changed, which, you know, you talk about that first woman, you've also impacted her child. Yeah. You know, so I think, and if you're listening, it's just like, we forget that as coaches, like we cleaning toilets and dealing with members complaining about nonsense is frustrating, but the impact that we do have on, on people's lives is pretty cool. I, my favorite story, I had a guy who was 500 pounds. He's now 200 pounds, you know, long story in between there, but I text him about once a week and be like, remember how I saved your life? You know, I just have to remind him. That's awesome. (laughs) That is awesome. Um, and I, I do want to put your information at the end of this and in the notes, because maybe if a box owner is listening and they want to do something, I know there's programs out there that they can hop on board, but what if they want to kind of just get their own going like, like you did, Yeah, they can reach out and, and get that going at their box. Cause I think yeah. it's awesome. Um, yeah. as you were saying that though, my concern is when do you ever stop worrying that they're going to relapse? Never, never. Never. So it's like, even this woman two years in, is it, that would be, that'd be a challenge for me. Like, that's like, it wears on you. It does. And it, um, it is one of those things that you also have to like, 
it's hard not to get really connected and um, to, you know, you're putting so much of you out there for them um, that, you know, when they do relapse, like it's hard, but it's a part of recovery and it's not an excuse, but it is part of the process. And so um, it's, it's been a, a learning process for me to kind of just, I have to detach sometimes um, because the reality is, is that a lot of them will go out. Um, my hope is that they'll come back. It's kind of like the whole serenity prayer, right? Mm-hmm. You have to yep. be willing to accept what you can't control. What, yeah. did, you were eight years sober. Was there, did you try to get sober prior to that? Or was that like you were in and you're done? Um, so when I got sober, it was more of like, just, I'm not going to drink for 30 days. Um, I didn't know that I was going, that I had, um, I wasn't willing at that point to accept that I was an alcoholic. And, um, and so, yeah, pretty much like that, that was probably like really the only time I actually like, um, tried to not drink, um, but there had been other times in my life where like, you know, I played college softball and we would be like, Oh, we're not going to drink for the season. Um, but it wasn't because I had made a bad decision or that because I knew that, um, you know, drinking wasn't necessarily like I didn't make the best choices when I was drinking. Um, so it wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't one of those, uh, really took like multiple attempts at it um once I realized that alcohol was a problem for me like I was I was done I didn't make a whole lot of bad decisions and I you know I have a, I don't drink much but I would just get naked a lot I would just get naked right <laughs> <away>. <laughs> so, and that's a good and that's not a bad decision I don't know you know it's it's different <laughs> I think it was 20 years depends ago depends on who you're with I yeah guess. I guess so um so obviously you say no to drugs, alcohol, big picture for your life. You know, you own a box, you do a lot, you're a games athlete. What is something else you are good at saying no to now that maybe in the past you might not have? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think just saying no in general. Uh, I've started to learn to that I say yes a lot. I give a lot of myself. Um, I give too much of myself. Uh, so that's something that I've actually recently been working on, you know, like the, this, like a little example is like, uh, my husband, uh, was like, Hey, do you want to go to the beach this weekend? Let's go to the beach. Let's have a nice relaxing weekend. He was like, we can leave on Saturday afternoon and we can come back Sunday. And I was like, that sounds great. That sounds like it would be relaxing. However, it's a two hour drive there. It's a two hour drive back and we're going to be there for less than 48 hours or 24 hours. So for me that like, you know, his idea would be like, Oh, relaxing weekend together. But for me, like I have to say no, because, um, I know that that's just more stress on me. And that's what I'm trying to like not do is not stress myself out more. So saying no to things that, you know, that might seem great, but that continue to spiral me in that, like, 
I'm going to do this and 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 this. And then my day's up, you know, like I, I like to just like schedule things back to back. And I've learned that I like, I've got to say no, even if it might be something that seems like it's self-care. Um, it's not always self-care if it's like stressing me out more. Yeah. That'd be the opposite. I would. Yeah. Does your husband do CrossFit? Yeah, he does. Not, not like me. (laughs) So is that, is that a struggle? I mean, my wife does CrossFit. She trains harder than I do, but I can still beat her at most workouts. And when she Uh, beats me, it it hurts. So, (laughs) right. So what's it like always losing to your wife? Um, you know, he doesn't, he does it just to kind of be functional. He's a volunteer firefighter and he's trying to get into like, to be like a career firefighter, I guess it would be called. Um, so he does it to be more to be functional and to stay fit. Um, but you know, he'll come, he'll come down and he'll, he'll hit a 20 pound PR on his back squat and like not train at all. You know, and so it's cool for me to see. Like, I like it. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, he's like, this is weird. I don't do any any pro, any strength training program. And I just hit a 20-pound PR. And I was like, yeah, this is like, this is showing people that you don't need to do a strength program. And um, the big joke is that, like, you know, he plays video games and I CrossFit. Uh, so, like, you know, I think that, um, he has different like de-stressing, uh, things that de-stress him. And I am understanding that CrossFit's not really that for him. And so when he comes home and I'm like, yeah, are you going to do the workout? Um, he's like, no, I don't want to do the workout. <laughs> How long have you guys <laughs> been like, married? Well, sure. Uh, we've been married for five years. So you met him after you were sober? Yeah. Does he drink yeah. at all? No, he doesn't. Is that because of you or is that his choice? Uh, he's well, it's his not, choice regardless, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not a, he would be what we would call a normie. So he can drink um, if he wants and it's not a problem. Um, but he just like, just being around me, like he chooses not to drink. Um, and so he's actually never drank around me. And sometimes I go back and forth like, I want to see you drunk, but then I don't want to because I would probably be really annoyed. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah. that's a term, normie. Yeah. So I like he can me. see, he can like have like somebody that can have like a glass of wine with dinner and not have four bottles. Yeah. That'd be me. But what do you call someone who can do that, but would rather eat a donut so they don't have a glass of wine? That's me. Yeah, that's like a normie. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd rather eat yeah. my food than drink it is what I tell people. Um, what's, yeah. what's an unusual habit of Carly and Matthews that we don't know about? Um, hmm. I'm like, I'm pretty, I'm like really religious about like my food. Um, so I eat the same like breakfast every single day. What is um, it? Eggs, oatmeal, and blueberries. Have uh, like a certain number of eggs? Oh yeah. It's and it's like all macroed out. 
How many so eggs? Like, I'd be like 92 grams of egg whites. Um, and that's and, two servings, and, 10 grams of protein. Yeah. I know that, yeah. Yep. And then I go uh, 30 grams of, I eat buckwheat, um, 30 grams of buckwheat, 12 to 18 grams of gluten-free oats, 35 grams of blueberries. That's not a lot of blueberries. It's like a fourth of a serving. Yeah. Small amount of blueberries. What are your, what are your macros for the day? Right now? Yeah. Uh, right now I'm sitting at 130 protein, 250 carb, and 70 fat. Pretty pretty standard for a female your size. I think that's a good amount of I think that's exactly where I would have pegged you at. So that's really what's your what's your favorite treat though? Like what do you look what's one food you look forward to and maybe you save up some macros for? Oh, right now I got this um this thing called pro dough. It's like protein cookie dough. And this girl, I've found her on Instagram. She makes it and she like sends it out. Um, but it's amazing. Well, are, are you sponsored by them? Because I'm about to order a whole lot of it based on that. <laughs> I'm Pro-dough. telling you, I am not sponsored by them. But I, I contacted her and I said, can we talk about a sponsorship? Um, but she's like a bodybuilder. So you know those bodybuilders, they've got like the best food. Yeah, because um, they have to they, make do with that low fat, get yes, that protein in. They can make the best stuff, and these this is the best like edible cookie dough that I have ever tasted. Um, it legitimately tastes like cake batter cookie I'm, dough. I'm reaching out to her. Um, a couple last questions. I do want to ask you. You know, we started to talk about coaching. I got us off topic. What's one tangible piece of advice you have for aspiring coaches? Uh, always be learning, always be learning. Now, if someone doesn't have a Chris McDonald living 40 minutes away, what do they do? Um, I think that, you know, like right now I've seen, uh, like Denise Thomas does a great, like, uh, a lot of, I look at her like lesson plan stuff a lot. Um, and I think that's really, really helpful in terms of like, because you're like plan, you get to plan. You know, like you get to learn how to like plan your class. And I think that's a, um, a huge thing that's underlooked. People just think that uh, coaching is, I'm just going to show up there and I'm going to coach for an hour and that's all I have to do. And that's not, that's not it. Like coaching is so much more. And, um, and so, well, good coaching is so much more. So uh, the right answer would have been listen to this podcast, but we'll take. Oh, I listened to this podcast. Yes, <laughs> we'll take. It's so you, funny. You guys oh. are like putting. You're putting out so much that like I can't even keep up with it. But I've got all my coaches listening to it and stuff. So it, yeah, that's. I mean, it is very true. Well, we are. We you know the goal was to get a lot of content out there just so people have something to listen to. We are going to slow down. I can't keep up with this. I've got like yeah. four interviews today alone. And it was never meant to be interviews, but then it kind of happened naturally. And I, I'm, I've had some great athletes on here, but I'm more interested in talking coaching, just like we've yeah. done. DT is amazing, close, close friend. And yeah, I, that was a rule of mine back five years ago. If you show up without a plan, you don't get to coach. Yeah. Like people, yeah. coaching's fun. You're the cool kid in class. Like people look up to you. Your peers are, you know, you're, you're in charge. 
And if you have to earn that, and if you can't create a, if you don't have the 10 minutes to write a lesson plan, you don't get to coach for me. Right. Absolutely. All right. I ask everybody favorite book or a book you recommend everyone listen to, or I listen to a lot of books, everyone read. Yeah, I actually uh, am listening to this one. Um, but this one was recommended to me, and it's uh, it, it's perfect for where I'm at right now, but it's called Stress Less, Accomplish More. And um, it's about uh, decreasing stress and meditation. And, um, and so I've always, you know, something that like, oh, yeah, I should meditate, you know. Um, Do you meditate? Yeah, I've been trying to, you know. So Hard, I've been, right? Yeah, I've been, uh, you know, I'm working on this book, and um, they talk about uh, this technique that they use. And, um, you know, I, I think for me, the biggest thing with it is not judging it and being like, oh my gosh, it didn't go how it was supposed to. Well, there's not really one way for it to go. Um, so I've been just trying to just do it and then not judge it. Um, so I, and I, and think that's helping. So, uh, I'm trying to do it at least once a day. Uh, she recommends twice a day in the book, but the book is really cool. It talks about all things like that stress, like that being, you know, less stressed will help with. And like one of which is like improve your sex life. And so like, I, I mean, who doesn't want that? Right. So cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I think meditation is hard. I struggle with it myself. When you're done with that book, one I recommend is called 10% Happier by Dan Harris, who's one of like the world's leading meditators. He's a news broadcaster that had a meltdown on air. Uh-huh. And it led to his kind of meditation journey. It was a really good, interesting read. So, oh, that's awesome. But um, meditation, yeah. It's, you know, that's kind of what one ex- thing they say about it is like, well, if you don't have five minutes to meditate, you need an hour. So, yeah. you know, cool. All right. Carleen, where can people find you all over, you know, this day and age is Google, but where, where can they find you? What's your Instagram? And if they want to reach out to you to develop a program at their box for recovery, some places yeah. to get in touch. Um, my Instagram is team Carleen. And then um, CrossFit St. Helens Instagram is just CrossFit St. Helens. Um, I also have a Facebook Carleen Matthews athlete page. Good, yeah. We saw you kind of checking our stuff out. And that's Matthews with one T, right? Yes. We saw you checking our stuff out. And I was like, wow, that's Carlene Matthews listening to our podcast. And that's when I reached out to you. I was like, that's so yes. cool. And, you know, my wife admires you because you're about the same size, but much stronger than her. So she, <laughs> you are an inspiration to all those females that think they're too small to do this. Uh, they're not. It just yeah. takes a lot of hard work. So. Yeah, really absolutely. cool. You've inspired me. This is really great. I've had a great time chatting with you. And Thank you. It's been an honor. I uh, I was like, you know, I I listened to you guys' uh, podcast, and then I sent it to uh, sent it to like Chris, and I'm like, hey, like this is a good podcast. Like this is like putting up some. In- they're putting in out some interesting stuff, especially like uh, I think the first one I I listened to was the one about. Um, interning coaches and um so I was like this is like right exactly where I'm at right now um and um and he was like oh yeah like those are like 
Jason's a great dude. And so, so then I sent it to all my coaches. And then when you reached out, I was like, guess who's going to be on that podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to reach out to Chris as well, because Chris is a good dude. Yeah. And I, you know, when I told my wife about it, she was like, well, don't you remember we saw her at X Factor? And I was like, oh, you know, yeah, now I remember that. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And I was talking to Chris about it, how I felt it was so cool that people were coming in to learn from him. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, this day and age in CrossFit, you know, everyone thinks it's competition between box to box and it's not, you know, it's a really, if you if you're developing as a coach, your box will be successful. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what, that's something that Chris has always taught me. So it's cool. Well, whatever your decision for the masters, best of luck. And I'm sure we'll be in touch about that, but thanks a lot for being on. Have a great rest of your day. And um, I, I look forward to seeing you again. All right. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. Take a moment, head over to the Apple Podcast app or Spotify or Google or whatever you use and leave us a review. It really means a lot to us and it's what allows us to spread the word. Also, share this with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Tell everybody at the box to listen to best hour of their day and let us know what we can do to provide you a better experience. Do you have topics you want us to talk about? People you want us to interview? We are here for you the community. We're here to give back and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Best Hour of Their Day.